For over a decade, LifePoint Church has been serious about our call to help people connect with God. That mission has kept us focused and helped us to effectively share the message of Christ. Thousands of lives have been changed, marriages have been healed, addictions have been broken, and people have found hope, freedom, and forgiveness through Jesus. As we look to the past, amazed at what God has done, we look expectantly to our future, believing that God has far more to do in us and through us, as a people, as a church, and with our future. We are unfinished. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for being here. My name is Donnie Williams. I'm the lead pastor here, and I'm excited that you're here for this part of the series, Unfinished. Those of you that are watching at our other locations, watching on the screen, thank you for being here today. So this is week four of a six-week series, which is really the kickoff of a two-year journey that our church is going on. And this two-year journey called Unfinished is going to define who we are for the next decade in our city and in our world. It all comes from a section of scripture in a book called Philippians in the New Testament, when the Apostle Paul, who was a church planter, said these words, and we're going to read these words every single week, and I want everybody to read out loud with me as these words come on the screen, even those of you watching on the screen, look to the screens and read these words with me in Philippians chapter 1, beginning at verse 6. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. So through this two-year initiative, what we are asking God to do is to work through us and in us like never before so we can take his church to places it's never been. So we can reach people with the message of Christ that have never heard it. And so we can look back many years from now and say that was a defining moment in the time of our church. When God started to use us like never before, we thought we had seen growth, but we hadn't seen anything until we started declaring before God that we were unfinished. To get the most out of this series, you need one of our unfinished books. If you don't have one, if you're just here visiting tonight, please take one of these. Ushers are bringing them down right now. You can turn over to page 37. 38. Turn over to page 38. That'll get you to week four. Just raise your hand. The ushers are bringing those down right now, and you can have one of those. You can find all about Unfinished in there. You can read about it after the message today, or you can go to weareunfinished.com and find out more about where God is taking our church. So here's our primary goal. Our primary goal over the next two years is that we have 100% engagement from the people who call LifePoint their church home. 100% of us going before God and having a life-changing experience as it relates to our influence with our faith, as it relates to our generosity, as it relates to our lifestyle, and as it relates to our legacy. We are asking that everybody who calls our church their church home to go before God and say, God, show me where I am unfinished and what you would have me do. And we're moving on this mission for one reason. We're moving forward with this mission 
that's been prayed over for months, that's been around the tables of our leaders and us asking God to direct and show us, we're moving on this for one reason, and that is because we want to see more disciples of Christ. We want to see more people get to know Jesus. We want to see more people find the hope that only he can bring. And this six-week series that we're a little over halfway through is addressing our generosity towards that vision. And we're wrestling through some scriptures that are really difficult to take and apply to our lives. And we're talking about some things that may be uncomfortable for some people. But we're wrestling through that together as we are asking God to show us where we're unfinished. Because when we do that, he's going to show us things we've never seen before. He's going to take us to places we've never been before because there's more that he can do through you and there's more he can do in you. So we're never going to stop ever. So we are declaring before God that we're an unfinished people. We're declaring before God that we're in an unfinished church. And we're declaring before God that we have an unfinished future. And we're asking him to work in us and through us as we take these steps. So essentially what we're talking about is what it looks like to live a generous life with all the resources God has blessed us with. Now, those of you who are parents, or better yet, those of you who are kids, how many of you kids in here that being kid, meaning you're 18 or under, you're still at home, and uh, you still rely on your parents for the meals you eat? How many of you have gotten your parents a gift? How many? Several, right? You get your parents' gifts. You probably started getting your parents' gifts when you were really little. One of the things that my girls know that I love, they know that I love pictures, and so they got me this frame, and they put pictures in it, some pictures I thought, oh, girls, those are beautiful pictures. And then this shows up as a gift, and it hangs on the wall in my home office. But as I look at this gift that my girls gave me, I paid for this frame. <laughs> I paid for the clothes they have on in those pictures. I paid for the camera that took the pictures. I probably paid to get the pictures developed. But when they brought this to me and said, Dad, we know you like this stuff, so here you go, I accepted it, and it made it no less special to me because they gave it to me and bought it with money that I had given them in some, at some point. It's the same thing with God when it comes to our generosity. He owns it all. It's all already his. You don't own anything that's yours. You might think it's yours, but it's not. It belongs to God, everything that you have. In fact, God lets us know that in his word. In the Psalms 50, it says this, I have no need of a bull from your stall or goats from your pens, translation money, for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the fields are mine. So God doesn't need our generosity, but generosity is something we need to guide us to better places in life. Yeah, generosity moves the heart of God, but you're, because you're generous, God's not going to love you more, or you're not going to be more saved because you're more generous, but generosity takes you to places that you've never been before, 
and it moves the heart of God. And so every week in this series, we're looking at a character in the Bible, and we're considering their unfinished journey, how God might have been working in their life, and we're applying it to our unfinished journey. And the character we're going to deal with today is a lady that only got a couple of lines in all the words of Scripture. She just appears in a couple of lines as the disciple Mark tells the story and as Jesus teaches them a truth that is timeless. It starts in the book of Mark, chapter 12, beginning at verse 41. It says that Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Now, back then, first century Jewish culture in the temple, they did the offering a little bit different than we do it. Most people at most churches today do it online or some kind of app or something like that. Or you drop it in as it passes by. Well, the way they did it, would have, they would have had a big bucket or something for people to put their offering in, and they would have said, it is now time for you to come and give your offering. And people would walk up. It was kind of like the centerpiece. It would be like me saying, hey, I'm going to put this bucket here. I'm going to watch. Y'all come on down. Imagine this is happening in the temple, and Jesus is sitting there. Now, just imagine when the offering goes around the next time, imagine that, wow, Jesus is sitting right there watching. And he's watching these people bring their offerings to God in front of everybody else. Some people, they wanted everyone to know what they gave, so they would even sound a trumpet sometimes to let everybody know, I'm giving, and I'm giving a bunch, and I want everybody to know. So it became this display, this spectacle of bragging rights for who gave the most. So Jesus is just watching person after person. And he calls out two people, one group and then one person. And, and the story goes that these people came up that had lots of money. And they were just like reaching down in their gold coins. And they were just like, they were just letting it go. They were just filling up the offering. And everybody's watching, and maybe they're going, oh, watch that. Oh, there's, oh, wow, that was a lot. Did you see that? And then something catches Jesus' attention. It's this widow that comes in and drops in two small coins. Two small coins that were more worthless than pennies are to us. They really had no value, but it was all that she had, and so she dropped the smallest currency in Israel off, these two copper coins. And then Jesus uses this episode to reveal a timeless truth when it comes to our giving and our generosity. Because he calls his disciples in as if to say, hey, you guys didn't notice what happened. You heard all the clanging of the gold falling in, but let me tell you what I saw. And so Jesus says this. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I'll tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, 
has given everything she had to live on. So what he's saying is this lady who gave less gave more. Now, for some of us, it's like, I like that. Less is more. I'll go with that. What Jesus is trying to do is reflect what might be on her heart. Reflect what would cause someone to say, I am just going to go ahead and give everything I have to live on. And from that, we can conclude this truth about generosity. And if you're taking notes, write this down. Generosity is not about the amount of the gift. It's about the heart of the giver. Remember, God doesn't need our money. He doesn't need our stuff. So generosity is not about what the dollar amount is. It's about the heart that comes behind it. And so this lady, this widow, was willing to say, even if it comes from what I have to live on, I am still going to prioritize my giving in a way that puts God first. So she said, even if it comes before me, I'm still going to give. And everybody else said, I'm just going to throw in whatever is extra. Now, the people that were throwing in what was, what was extra, it was a lot bigger dollar amount. It was a lot more money. But Jesus noticed this woman who gave out of her poverty and gave from her heart. Years ago, I worked with college kids, and every year I would take them on a mission trip. And it would cost $20,000, $30,000 to take this huge group of college kids on a mission trip, and so they had to raise the money. And this one old lady at our church, and she was old, and she was actually a widow, she would come to me every year, and she would say, Donnie, I've saved some money so I can help the college kids with their trip. And she would hand me a $20 bill every year. And I would think of this story from the book of Mark. Because her $20, it didn't allow us to go on the trip or prevent us from going on the trip. But there was something about that $20 that I've never forgotten. I don't remember who wrote the $1,000 checks and the $1,500 or the $5,000 or whatever. I can't even remember. But I remember that lady giving out of her poverty to help in an area where she felt compelled to help. See, Jesus is saying there's a difference in the way these two gifts were presented. One was from the rich who gave out of what was extra. The other was not extra. It was first. It was everything. See, one person prioritized their generosity, and the others threw in what was extra. And so here's our challenge as givers, my challenge as a giver. How do I give in a way that demonstrates God is first? Does it mean I have to write every penny out of my bank account? Is that what it means? Or does it mean that I prioritize the way my money is spent and my money is given. When our priorities get out of whack in any area of life, things get rough. If you have a family and you don't prioritize them, if you work too much, play too much, or whatever too much, it's not going to be long to where there's conflict in the family. So if you're dealing with family conflict, a really good place to start is, where's our priority? How do we prioritize our time together? 
if you feel connected, like I don't have any friends, I'm not connected with anybody else, maybe it's because you haven't evaluated your priorities. And if life seems to be going in a direction that just seems like a repeat over and over and over of a direction you don't want to go in, maybe it's time to evaluate your priorities. And students, if you're getting bad grades over and over and over again, maybe a great place to start is, am I prioritizing when I study? Am I prioritizing getting through school? Am I prioritizing making better grades? We tend to spend a lot of time and money on the things that are the top of our priority list. That's what this woman did. She prioritized. The others gave, and while they gave large amounts, they didn't prioritize. They gave after everything else. That's why you can't put a dollar amount on generosity. You may have a lot of zeros at the end of your gift. You may walk up and say, here's a whatever $1,000 gift. And we would say, thank you. But the only person who knows if that's generous or not is you, well, and God. God knows. God knows if it's generous, and you know if it's generous. So you can't look at a dollar amount and think because it's small, it's not generous, or because it's very large, it's, it's even generous. It may not be generous at all compared to what you have and what you've been blessed with. And here's one thing that I've learned about generosity. If you don't prioritize it, it will not happen. If you don't make it a priority in your life, it won't happen. Here's how Cinda and I prioritize our generosity. And I, I tell you this for one reason, is because I'm not asking you to do anything that I haven't already done or I'm not doing with you. I'm not asking you to sacrifice and, and take a big step and consider how God could use your generosity. I'm not gonna ask you to do that unless I am doing it right along with you. Leaders go first and I'm gonna go first. And so for years, we have prioritized in a way that giving is first before anything else before a house payment, before savings, all before anything else, giving comes first. And that priority influences a lot of other things. It influences what we buy. It influences our lifestyle. If you've ever seen my vehicle, it influences what I drive. It's 14 years old, nearing 200,000 miles, a little bit over 195. I would like to have a new car. And I will get one. It might have to be sooner. It might be later. But whenever it is, I can guarantee you this. It will not affect our generosity. Now, for you, it might be something completely different. But what I'm encouraging you to do is be the widow. Give more than extra. Not just throwing in whatever you got left, but prioritizing and saying, God has been so good to me and blessed me so much that I'm going to be generous back towards him and his vision through my local church. And the amount is between you and God as to whether or not that's generous. So today I want to talk to you about something else. Not just, not just this idea of prioritizing our finances, but something else. Because you have two resources available to you that can make a difference in the kingdom of God. One is money and everything that comes under that, material possessions, your ability to make money, your ability to figure out how money works and all that. That's one resource that you have. 
By using my financial resources, I can make a difference in the church. But more importantly, I can make a difference in my own life. Have you ever met an unhappy, generous person? Think of the most generous person you know, and I guarantee they have something in life that other people don't have who aren't generous. Now, I've met a lot of unhappy, greedy people, but I haven't met any unhappy, generous people. And so what I'm trying to steer us towards is trying to point us towards a better life. A generous life is a better life. And the other resource you have is time. Time, by using your gifts to build up the church and accomplish the mission God has for us. Actually, time is more valuable than money. Because most of us, whatever amount of money we give away, we'll probably make that back. Money is a resource we can replenish. Time, once it's gone, it's gone. You can't get that back. So how we prioritize our time when it comes to furthering God's mission in our world is important. And God has gifted you with passions and skills to use. And your church needs those as we move this unfinished journey forward. It's not one or the other. It's not saying, well, I'm going to give, but I'm not really going to serve. Or I'm going to serve, but I'm not really going to give. Those two things have to come together. You have to consider God has given you both of those resources to use to bring glory and honor to him. I love this part. All the things that you see God leading us to, all the things you can read about in that booklet, all of that stuff require two things. It requires our church to be generous like never before, but also to serve like never before, use our time like never before. And while we will have a time of generosity and we will be thankful for that, the ideal is that you come in this with the desire to invest time where you've invested your financial resources. To invest both in such a way that changes you. And if you're just going to serve or just going to give, you're missing out. So be on the lookout because over the next four or five weeks, you are going to see some teams start to form. Some teams that will take people's passions and people's expertise, and we're going to put those together with the things we believe God's calling us to do, whether it's construction or the preschool or all the special needs stuff, the special needs playground, all of those things and more that you see listed with our unfinished journey, we are going to build teams around each one of those and we're going to call God's people to say, help make this happen. This is not something we're just going to tell all the paid staff, okay, go do it. This is something we're calling the whole church to give time and generosity, their financial resources to help make this happen. And many of you have asked, how can I help with this? How can I help with that? Wanting to know because you're excited about the journey. How do I do this? Well, for it to go big, like I believe God wants it to go, is we're going to have to put our passions, our expertise together with the opportunities God's put in front of us. We're going to have to be generous like never before to move the mission of the church forward like never before. That's why our primary goal is not the $9 million that we believe it's going to take to do that. The primary goal is 100% engagement 
It's for every one of us to have that life-changing experience with God. Because if we have that experience, the financial piece will just come along. Because God will change the hearts of people to where they trust, to where they prioritize, to where they sacrifice in such a way that accomplishes our mission that he has for us on earth. So when you, when you get to the point where you're filling out this commitment card that we're going to ask everybody to fill out, and you're sitting with your spouse, or you're sitting there by yourself, and you're, you're wrestling through those blanks, and what should I put in there? Realize that it's so much more than a dollar amount. Realize that it demonstrates trust in God, that it demonstrates sacrifice, that it demonstrates where our priorities are. And whatever two coins are to you, that is the most God-honoring number you could put in there. And it's not about the amount, and God's not going to love you more because you put a bigger amount, but it'll change your life because you put your two coins in. Because that will mean that you've prioritized giving to God above everything else in your life. And you've taken a step in your unfinished journey, in your maturity as a follower of Christ to say, God, I'm going to prioritize my generosity with your money over everything else. This commitment card is going to represent you saying, God, I'm in. I know you have more to do in me. And I know my life counts for more than just accumulating stuff and holding on to what I have. And may God let us have the faith and the priorities of this widow. Let's read, listen as I read Mark chapter 12, this story again. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. May we never just throw our extra at God. May we give in a way that demonstrates he is first. Whatever that looks like in your life and whatever amount that is in your life, May he guide you towards it. May it be a spiritually driven decision that you wind up wherever you are when it comes to a dollar amount. It may, may it demonstrate that God is first. And may we be like the widow and give out of our priorities and not just our extra. Let's pray. God, we pray that this story about the widow, God, may it encourage us, challenge us to give out of a prioritized life, a life that prioritizes you with our finances above everything else, where you come first before payments, before savings, before anything else, you come first. And God, we acknowledge that all we have is yours. And may those of us who struggle with the illusion that what we have is really ours, let your spirit break through and show us that whatever we have, whatever material wealth,
that we have. It all belongs to you and it all comes from you. May we honor you with that. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.